Welcome to Mexico Unexplained, where we will explore the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. This series presents information based partly on theory and conjecture. The podcaster's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the subjects we will examine. Here is your host, Robert Bito. Welcome and muy bienvenidos to the third episode of Mexico Unexplained, where we examine the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles of Mexico. On today's program, we talk about the Virgin of Guadalupe, the apparition of the Virgin Mary that appeared on a hill in Mexico City on December 9, 1531. She appeared to a peasant Indian man named Juan Diego, and she appeared speaking his language, Nahuatl the Aztec language. He was startled when she appeared, but her image was soothing and motherly, and she told him to build a church where they both stood. He excitedly ran down to talk to the Archbishop of Mexico at the time, the Archbishop of New Spain, Juan de Sumarraga. Juan de Sumarraga, the archbishop, asked him to ask the apparition for a sign, for some legitimacy as to what all of this was. So Juan Diego returned to Tepeyac Hill, where the apparition appeared, and the virgin appeared again. And also on the hill in December were beautiful Castilian roses in bloom, something that would never be seen for that time of year or that place. Juan Diego opened up his cloak, which was made of ixtle, which is agave fiber. He put the roses inside his cloak and carried them all the way down to the main core of Mexico City. He went to see Sumarraga. He unveiled the cloak, and the roses came out of the cloak. And not only that, emblazoned on the cloak was the image of the Virgin of Guadalupe. That image is still in Mexico City, in the Basilica to the Virgin of Guadalupe, which stands on the very hill where that first apparition appeared in December of 1531. A lot has been written and spoken about the Virgin of Guadalupe. A lot of miracles have been ascribed to her, and there are a lot of mysteries surrounding this cloak that for some reason, after all of these years, is still intact and hanging in the basilica. A cloak of this sort is supposed to deteriorate after about 30 or 40 years, maximum. But hundreds of years later, this image of Our Lady of Guadalupe is fresh on the cloak hanging in the Basilica. I have a very special guest on the phone with me, coming from the great state of Quintana Roo, down in Mexico. This gentleman's name is Javier Magdaleno, and he is a member of the Arch Co-Fraternity of the Virgin of Guadalupe, an auxiliary group that's attached to the Basilica. It's a charity group. I'll let Javier talk about that a little bit later. But um, coming to us all the way from Mexico today to talk about the Virgin, the magic, the mysteries, and the miracles is our friend of the show, Javier Magdaleno. Welcome, Javier. 
Thank you. Thank you for inviting me uh, to your show. Uh, it, it's a pleasure. It's an honor to be serving our Lady Guadalupe tonight. Well, thank you again for, for coming on the show. And I've spoken to you before many times about this subject. And you are probably the most well-versed person I know. So that is why I invited you. So I am going to give you the ball and you can run with it. I've given a little bit of the background on um, this Marian apparition, and I'd like for you to tell me a little bit about what, first of all, let's talk about the Arch Co-Fraternity. What is it exactly? Well, it's, uh, like, you, like you said it right, uh, it's, a, it's a charity a group that was formed right after the apparitions took place in 1531 they started establishing all these arch fraternities throughout the world mostly to keep uh, her message alive in the world and to let the people know about this amazing miraculous apparition over Lady Guadalupe that took place in Mexico City in 1531 okay you said um, you said the arch fraternity was first established to promote the message of the Virgin of Guadalupe. What is the message of the Virgin? Basically, her message is, is very simple. Is when she appeared, the message that she wanted to, to all humanity was that she was here to present us, present the world, all humanity, her son, Jesus Christ. That's the main message of her apparition. That no longer did the people from Mexico needed to sacrifice their own to please the gods, but they now could stop doing that and start loving each other and coming together to come closer to God through her without having to sacrifice their own people. That was no longer needed. They thought they, that was one good gesture that they needed. But after this, things changed for the good of humanity. Well, it seems like, um, if I can do my math correctly, the apparition occurred just basically two decades after the conquest. This seemed to occur at a really important time for this part of the world. Because I guess the, this part of the world was in transition from an older civilization to a different, you know, civilization that the Spanish were bringing. And um, it almost seems like this apparition appeared kind of to, to unite everybody. Exactly. Of all different, of all different peoples. Because even though it, it seems like from what I understand, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but... It seems like even though she's a brown virgin, you know, and she w was speaking his language, you know, Nahuatl, the Aztec language, that she, her message is for everybody. Like you were saying, it's a, it's a worldwide thing. It's to embrace all peoples. Is that basically what you were saying? Oh, yes. And uh, I'd like to bring up something that's very important in her message as well, is the Nikanmopoa which is basically a narration in the translation is here it is told and uh, it was a writing that came directly 
from Our Lady Guadalupe's mouth, from another world, from heaven. Someone who people thought, you know, was not, could not believe until, you know, the Indians realized she, she was from heaven. They, they could tell by her image. And her narration, the narration, Nikan Mopoa narration of the apparitions tells us exactly what she meant and with, with her exact words. So that's what's amazing about this. And let me, let me point out, they have different numbers. There, there were four apparitions, and so they, they were numbered. Uh, the, the narration was numbered. And so number 29 are the exact words of Our Lady Guadalupe, and I want to bring this, up, uh, bring this up because I think it's important to point out that she wanted to let humanity know that she was the mother of all humanity. And, and this, the, I'm going to cite her own words, and these are her words on starting number 29. She said, because I am truly honored to be your compassionate mother, yours and of all those who live united in this land and of all mankind, of all those who love me, of those who call upon me, of those who seek me, those who have confidence in me. Those are her exact words. And that goes to show you that she came here for all humanity. And I'm saying this because in America specifically, and because I lived there for 29 years, and I was asked to establish the first Archicot fraternity of Our Lady Guadalupe there after I received a medal at the Basilica, along with my mom, my wife, and a good friend of mine. I was asked to start the Archicot fraternity, and the reason for this is because in the U.S., there's a lot of people in the U.S. that think because she has a dark color that she's not their mother, but it turns out that she is their mother. There was a campaign that we started right before I left the U.S. to come to live here in Mexico, where we had an image of her at a church in Texas with her exact words in Spanish and her exact words in English, what I just read to you. And this was so that all the people that live in the U.S., including Americans, you know, Chinese, Japanese, you name it, they would understand that Our Lady Guadalupe came not just for Mexicans, not just for Hispanics, but came for all of us, and that she's the mother of all humanity, of all humankind. And you know what? The very first time that I visited the Basilica in Mexico City, I was really taken with all the languages I heard spoken by the people visiting. I remember there was a busload of nuns from Vietnam alongside people from villages throughout Mexico speaking Purépecha, you know, whatever, Nahuatl, Yucatec, whatever native language. And then English, German, you know, the major European languages. And so that shrine in the middle of Mexico's largest city is really very international. It was proclaimed to be an official apparition, from what I can understand, in the 1750s by the Pope in Rome at the time. So it's been 
of an official Catholic shrine for a very, very long time. And it has a worldwide following. So I guess in some sense, her message is being received by a lot of people. But I want to ask you something about your your attempts to establish the Arch Co-Fraternity in Texas. And you you know you put up the the Virgin's image with English and Spanish and everything. Did you get any resistance from people saying you know that they didn't want to see that there because it was emblematic of Mexico and and it wasn't American or anything like that? Or did you mostly get acceptance? Well, you're not gonna believe this, but since this was uh, mostly Hispanic, it was catered to mostly Hispanic people. I did not get any any of those uh, negative, you know, rejections. I, I, on the other hand, I guess people really didn't say anything, but I guess they realized they it, it stuck in their minds that this came directly from her words, not my words, not what. A priest had to say, or what the Catholic Church had to say, but what Our Lady of Guadalupe said to Juan Diego, and what she meant for all humanity. And so uh, that's why I think this this was very important. And believe me, I hadn't thought of this before, but it all came about because uh, we as servants of God, and I've been a servant of God for over 20, 29 years now, I sometimes receive, as you might imagine, some signs, and believe it or not, they are, they, they do come to us, I guess, either because we're, li- we're living in grace, you know, we, we go to church, we pray every day, we uh, try to be, be good Catholics, we practice our faith, we go to communion, we confess our sins, we're not perfect, but look, God loves us the way we are, just the way we are, and he knows we're trying hard. And he knows that as long as we try to be, become better every day and, and commit less sin, you know, that, that's what counts in the end. And so we, I received a sign, uh, and that was confirmed. Every time, you know, we receive signs and in other words, to prove that they come from God, we always receive a confirmation of, of some sort. So like, for instance, a friend of mine told me, he shared with me, who was the director of the Guadalupe Group in Dallas at this church with Father Edmundo Paredes, San Cecilia. And uh, at San Cecilia, they were praying with these nuns that had come from Mexico and they handed out some cards, prayer cards, and one of the uh, nuns, she realized that she was given a sign from heaven, from Our Lady Guadalupe, that they needed to make it known to everyone that Our Lady Guadalupe was and is, still is, our, the mother of all humanity, of all humankind. And uh, so she told my friend about this sign and it was a confirmation for me and for him and for her as well that this needed to be done in such a way that everyone would know would realize that that she's the mother of all mankind not just of Mexicans or Hispanics so so yeah to me 
to me, this is very important. That's why I touching on this, and I am. I want people to know that for all those people listening to me, or whoever listens to this later on, even if they're they're in China, Russia, wherever they may be listening, that they know that this is our mother. This is the mother of all mankind, not just Hispanics or Mexicans. Let me ask you this. Are all of the, the messages of the Virgin, are they all out in the open? I know there are some other apparitions around the world, like Fatima, where the secrets were sealed and kept by the Vatican, or you know, there was a lot of interpretation and mystery surrounded, surrounding the message. This message of, of Guadalupe seems pretty clear. Was there anything that the Vatican was holding back or, or their church officials, or is this pretty much out in the open and, and easy for everyone to understand? No, it's out in the open, believe it or not. And uh, in in, in to answer your question, it's so open that she, first of all, is the number one and most important virgin, although they're, they're all the same, and I'll go into that in, 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 in a minute, but she's the most important in the Catholic Church. Her apparition and her presence in this continent and in Mexico is the most important. And why is that? Because she came and picked Mexico to bring her message here because she appeared in Mexico City where, and a priest told me this, at the Vatican, and I learned it later on, and I, I confirmed it, that when she appeared, she appeared in down, what, what is now Zocalo, downtown Mexico City, because and, and the, the city wasn't built, of course, the, the one we know of um, that stands today. What happened was she appeared there because that's where life was going to start <laughs> massively to spread out and and we see that today mexico the greater metropolitan area of mexico city people have said you can't count all the people there but um it's one of the largest if not the largest i think the largest now the largest metropolitan area in the entire world with 25 to 30 million people and if if anyone listening has not ever been to mexico city it is hustle and bustle if you want to talk about life oh my goodness it's a concentration of humanity you have everything there and it is amazing and what i've heard too about the apparition when it appeared on the cloak when he unfurled the cloak that's that's correct me if i'm wrong but when he was actually physically unfurling that's when the image just started to appear correct Oh, yeah. It wasn't. It didn't appear on Tepeyac. It appeared right there in the Zocalo, right there in front of the Archbishop. Right. Oh yes, and 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 I heard that that was the site of the Templo Mayor. Is that correct? The old temple. Oh yeah. Or it was it was it was the site of the old Templo Mayor of the Aztecs, and according to their own beliefs, their own ancestral beliefs, they were wandering people and they were told by their prophecy that they would settle down where they saw an eagle eating a snake on top of a cactus and apparently that area where 
this whole Tilma episode happened with the roses falling down and the virgin appearing on the Tilma in front of the archbishop, that was pretty much the same spot as where the Aztecs saw their sign that told them to settle down. Oh, yeah. And form their city of Tenochtitlan. That's correct, right? Exactly right. And, and, and the reason why she's so important is the only place in the world where she has left her image and where she is alive. So that's why she is the most important of all the Catholic Church. She comes first before Fatima because of that, because she comes at a time when, like I said, the Mayans were sacrificing their own, thinking that was the right thing, that that, that would please their gods out of respect for their gods. They were doing that, and she, she picked the, the Mexican people, the Indians here, because she truly thought they were humble and that, that they were really afraid and they wanted to please their gods. And so to, to her and to Jesus, to his plan, that was the perfect place for her to appear. And sure thing, Mexico became a Catholic country. Millions of people uh, were evangelized. And John Paul II, when he was alive, he first visited Mexico for that same reason, because he knew the importance of Our Lady Guadalupe. He knew the importance of her in the Catholic Church. If you visit the, the Vatican, you go inside, there is an image of Our Lady Guadalupe down below in the crypts, and they've got a, a special section on her. And believe me, for them to do that, that goes to show you how important she is in the Catholic Church. There's no not a special section on Fatima, and I'm not trying to say that Fatima is not important. She's the second most important in the Catholic Church, but Our Lady Guadalupe comes first because she truly evangelized Mexico and their people. And Let me ask you something. I'm sorry to jump in here before this escapes me and flies out of my, my mind here. I was a little curious as to what you meant by when you said this was the, the only apparition where she left behind an image and the image is alive. Tell me what you mean by that. What do you mean by the image is alive? What, what, what is that? Uh, she's actually physically there. Physically, and then let me point it out, meaning, you know, her image has been around for over, you know, now 483 years and wow. has not been destroyed, has not deteriorated. Her, her image is still, has the same life colors. They did a study. They've done a lot of studies on the image where scientists, artists, you name it, they've come and, and analyzed the image. And I'll just point out one thing that caught my attention here out of all these people. It's in a book that I've, that I've read that was written for the American public. I read there that some specialists on art, seven specialists on art, were doing some tests on the image. And they said, these seven specialists said there's no way I could have or anyone could have painted something like this so beautifully and so alive. That's what they said. Because 
If you look at her face, if you see her face, her eyes, there's something in her eyes that most people don't know it's there. And her image is so colorful that it has not deteriorated, it has not faded over the years, and it should have if it was of this world. And since it's, it, it's not, it's from heaven, it will never deteriorate. And that, that's just one of the investigations they've done, these seven artists, these seven specialists on art. They said no one could have painted something like this. This is not of this world. And you know what seemed really interesting to me? I've visited the Basilica a few times, um, sometimes on my own and sometimes with a tour group. And what I've what I've been amazed at is that this very important relic isn't kept in a dehumidified case in the dark so it doesn't fade. There are all of these lights on it. And, I, I mean, it's amazing that... Uh, you know, you can't go to a museum and take pictures of paintings because they're afraid the flash will have some impact on, uh, you know, a painted canvas. And here we have this tilma that's on agave fiber, you know, cactus plant fiber, and it has all these lights on it. And I mean, I don't know how it's, I don't know how it survived for so long. It's just amazing. I mean, it, 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 it seems like they would be treating it in a different way, but uh, apparently they don't need to. So that's why they have all this light on it, and, and it doesn't seem like it's doing anything to it. It does look fresh as if it was painted just within a week or something. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like I said, that goes to show you she's not from... I mean, she's for real. She's alive. This is not something that... A painter could have painted. This is not something that's of this world. In well, what do you what do you think about some of the things that I mean? I've heard a lot of things about the Virgin of Guadalupe over the course of the time that I owned, a, you know, a retail store importing Mexican arts and crafts. People would come in and tell me stories and stuff. A lot of people said to me that this wasn't out of this world because it was more alien, like. You know, a lot of UFOs appear over Mexico City, then this apparition was really like alien, like from the Pleiades, from some other some other civilization, like it was, you know, I don't know, the greys. She looks kind of like a grey or something. Or some people have said this is political. This whole thing was concocted because the Spanish were having a really hard time subduing the Indians. And that this hill, that this apparition appeared on was there was a temple of the mother an Aztec mother goddess Tonantzin that used to be on that hill so the Spanish concocted this story and made the Indians go to a familiar place where they used to worship the earth mother and said that okay here's your new earth mother and we're gonna just you know this political thing so what do you say to these people who have these other alternative views that stray from the Catholic official story? Well, I, you know, I'm just going to say something that's going to make people think and go for it. That's what this show is all about. So that's what I want to hear. Yes. Yeah, because um, there there's, you know, 
There's a, a lot of people like you just said talking about her being fake and even, you know, our separated brothers uh, and the uh, uh, witnesses and you name it. Uh, and I have nothing against them. You know, God, God bless them all and we're all brothers. I'm not criticizing them at all. I respect every single religion out there. We're all brothers. And But I have to say this, that she is truly the mother of all of us, like I've always said. But, you know, God had an intention, an intention to have her leave her image and her here in Mexico for a good reason. Because as human beings, we tend to only believe in things until we see them. You know, unless we see them, we don't believe in them. That's just human nature. And so the fact that she appeared, the fact that she left her message and her, her image printed and she's not of this world, that goes to show you that Jesus wants to save us all regardless of our differences. I think that she uh, has manifested herself in such a way that here is what I want people to think that if this was a fake, if this truly wasn't from heaven, if this truly was something else, like what you just mentioned, or some, some people have said she's the devil, and that's sad that they've said that, but it's true. There's people out there that, that they, they say, oh, it's, it's the devil. It's not really her. But I think that she has touched so many people, and I tell people, if she was fake, would millions of people come and visit her every 12th of December? Would millions of people turn to her on that day and, you know, sacrifice their time? Some people would come and walk from the border, the U.S.-Mexico border, walk for days into Mexico City, not just ride their bikes, but walk the whole way in return and offer that sacrifice for something that she did for them. I mean, that goes to show you millions of people have been touched by her. Do you think someone fake could touch millions of people? Do you think John Paul II would have visited Mexico that many times if he thought she was fake? And he touched millions of people too, John Paul II. If he was fake, if he was just after the our money, would he be, would he touch even atheists, didn't believe in God or anything? Just ask yourself, these things can't happen. You know, millions of people can't be wrong. So just think about that. And I hope you'll, you'll have an answer for yourself. Wow, that is, that, that's a great way to wrap up this third episode of Mexico Unexplained. You've given us a lot of things to think about, Javier, and you did such a wonderful job explaining everything. I'd like to probably have you back maybe in six months or a year, and maybe we can go over some of the finer points and, and go off into some of the tangents and some of the details that maybe we didn't get to cover today. But I do appreciate you coming in and, and talking to us about this. Do you Would you like to... Um, Say a few words before we end the podcast. 
Oh yeah, sure. I first of all thank you again, Robert, for inviting me, and and I I thank our blessed mother, Our Lady Guadalupe, for giving me this opportunity to serve her. Like I said, I'm a servant of God and servant of hers. I've been promoting her in the U.S. and everywhere, and I I love doing this. As you can see, I I'm gonna say this. She's the mother of all mankind. She's the mother of the civilization of love. She is the mother of civilization of love because she comes to offer us her son, Jesus Christ, in her womb because she was pregnant in her, in, in her image. And she's alive in Mexico City. And if you need her and if you truly want to turn to her and ask for her help, you can turn to her anytime from a distance or you can even get on a plane and go to Mexico City go to the basilica and you will get an answer believe me you will she's alive and she's there she's your mother and she loves you and she loves humanity and she's there for all of us and that's all i have to say tonight wow thank you very much once again javier we appreciate your being on the show and for those of of you out there who want some more information about this and are very curious about what we've talked about, you can go to our website at MexicoUnexplained.com, and we will have a show summary there for you that, that touches on the highlights of what we've talked about. And we'll also have some of Javier's favorite websites and references that you can go to investigate this further. You can also friend us on Facebook and be part of the conversation. Thank you once again. This is Robert Biddo signing off from San Diego. 